0: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We're joined now by Craig Bullerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Buller, good morning. Hey, DJ, PK. How are you? Good. We're good. We're asking the same question five different ways here. What's your level of confidence in the Jazz after not just the winning game, two, but the blowout? You know, if they played another close game and it broke broken their way, you'd say, well, they played a bunch of close games. It feels like, you know, every team ought to pull out, you know, pull out a close game at some point, but they just, from the late second quarter on, it was a 22-6 to run in the half, and then all through the third quarter, they just completely dominated. So we got people here saying it's going to be 4-1, have the Jazz really figured something out? What do you think? I mean, do they really have the upper hand, or hey, it's just 1-1, and who knows what's going to happen in Game 3?
1: You know, I really thought from the very beginning, guys, this was just going to be a very good series. And so far, it's kind of held true. I mean, entertaining yesterday, and yeah, dominant. That third quarter, too, was about as good as it gets when you you put 43 on the board after you follow up with a 34-point second quarter. So... You know, I still think it's going to go six or seven games. I really do. I don't see why it shouldn't after what we saw with an overtime loss. We had a double overtime ball game the week before. And now the Jazz, I would say, played as about as perfect of basketball, team basketball that I've seen in a while. Uh, the 32 assists, they hit the threes. Uh, their mid-range game was there as well. Donovan uh, was, again, remarkable after having – what six points at halftime, and he drops twenty four in the second. Uh, very efficient. He was big from the three point line too, and the assists are probably what impresses me the most. Uh, most, I mean, he had eight. Ingles had six. Uh, Royce O'Neal had eight assists, and I just thought the team seemed to be on track, shared the ball, and they didn't seem to panic one bit after losing, you know, an overtime in game one. So. Hey, I don't I don't think this is a four a four one series Denver advantage. No way. I don't I really don't.
2: I agree with everything you said there. Something that I would add and get your thought on it is that, obviously, when it comes to bench production, Clarkson is going to lead the way. And certainly he did that with 26, and he was great, and all that stuff provides incredible energy. I don't know how his head doesn't fly off sometimes, the way he goes (laughs) at full speed and makes all those moves and cuts and everything. But I thought some other guys... In their own way, not major, but they don't need to make major contributions for the Jazz to be successful. Uh, Moutier and Bradley and Yang, and now with Ju- uh, with Morgan, I was going to say DeJuan Howard, but Morgan with Conley, assuming Conley comes back, starts, you know you can get some stuff out of Morgan. So I thought the bench played a lot
1: better, too. Yeah, you know, I still think they can play better too, PK. I still think George Niane could be another factor. I mean, he took 10 shots, made three, and I'm still waiting for a little bit of a more consistent three-point shooter. But I'm with you. Clarkson is, I mean, it's nonstop watching him play. It's an amazing thing to see him run the ball <clears throat> through traffic uh, and then still get a shot away, pass out, get it back. And it's, uh, he's he's special um he's he's a different tempo player the jazz have had. I don't know if they've ever had someone of that of that magnitude that can uh, throw a defense off balance with just constant ball movement and, and his mid-range game you know he can pull the trigger from t- 12 15 feet and he's pretty good at it too it is, so is Moutier with his strength being a 200 pounder but if the bench does play even better and then you throw in the equation of pK of 15 if Conley is truly back tomorrow uh, afternoon for the, for game three, how does that, how does that work? How does that, you know, kind of blend in? Um, You know, Jawan Morgan's done a nice job, but you still get a bonafide score, assist man, three point guy. Um, Hasn't been gone that long. So I don't believe his, you know, his wind or his basketball IQ has dropped any, right? So, Interesting to see how Quinn will use that. It only makes a team deeper, right, with guard play. And uh, still unofficial, but we'll wait and see if Conley's back as well.
0: Craig Bolajak joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, Joe talked a little bit about uh, being tired in reference. He was half-joking, but, you know, most jokes also have a bunch of, uh, you know, have some truth to them, too. And he obviously played enormous minutes, I think 42 in that overtime game. How much do they need Conley back just to spread the minutes around? I mean, yes, they need what Conley can bring into the ball handler and the shooting, but is fatigue about to be a real issue if they don't have him?
1: Well, you know, I saw some fatigue from Jokic last night. Um And I think it's a good point, too, DJ. I mean, I don't remember a playoff series ever that you go every other day. I mean, they spread this stuff around pretty good. Um, And that's not going to be the case uh, in round one. And you're right about minutes for Joe. I'm looking at the box score again. Yeah, Rudy went 34. Yeah, you had Gobert, Ingles, and Mitchell all play 34, uh, 35, uh, for Royce O'Neill and Jordan Clarkson went 29, so I think again you're right. I mean, just another body uh, can can take up you know more minutes. Obviously, and the rotations will change a little bit for Quinn. But this is nothing new. The Jazz played with and without Mike Conley a lot during the first reg- the first regular season, right before the bubble, and then Mike came on strong and was playing probably probably his best basketball. Uh, before the uh, the CoVID you know shutdown in March. So those 17 games he played prior to, you know he was around 16 a game and you know 40 plus percent from downtown. So uh, I think he's a more confident player and I think he'll jump back in and, and should be a, uh, I think a, a bonus and when it comes to minutes and rotation and also options for Quinn Snyder to, to run his offense.
2: As you look at the West with no home court for anybody, obviously, man, it's crazy. One is uh, lost to eight, two to seven, three to six. I mean, you got to look at it and say, this might be the wildest playoff we've ever had in that just about any team can win, and you really can't be surprised.
1: You know, I think it tells you, uh, PK, what home court and what the fans actually do. I mean, I, I miss the energy. We all miss it, Right because it is part of what the playoff scene is all about. And, um, you know, the players, I think, probably have hit a, you know, will hit a wall sometime during their, their stay in the bubble during the playoffs, knowing that there's really no, nobody there. And what you just said, DJ, about, about minutes, sometimes you can overcome minutes by the energy the fans, you know, hand you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not going to happen, because nobody's going to come walking in that door and filling up any arena You know, they're all virtual, right? There's no sound. Uh, There's no energy that comes from that, except if you want to look up and watch somebody clap their hands. But I think that's going to be the biggest challenge throughout uh, the rest of this month, September and into October. Those final two teams that stand uh, to win a championship, you know, they're going to have to battle through fatigue. I think they're going to have to find their own energy. And you know, I'll, like I've said, I'll applaud the final two. The winner of this title, I think, will be special, just because PK of what you said, uh, it's it's totally different. Um, and I I I don't know how you get through it on the mental end of it. This this is a mental draining challenge to be in the bubble this long. They've been in there since July, and they're not coming out until until October. The final two teams standing, so they're gonna have to find their own energy somehow, some way.
0: You know, Locke has wondered if a team gets down, you know, 2-0-3-1, the whole, you know, you're coming home and that energy and you fight back, and he thought there could be some short series because of it. that's not really going to get tested if teams just split the first two and then split the next two. That theory isn't even going to get put to the test.
1: Yeah, I thought if the Jazz had lost yesterday, uh, this could be a short series. Uh, even though with Conley coming back, you start to think, I think naturally, hey, we're done. Uh, we're, you know, It's going to be a r- long road back, and What's the old adage? One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> That's what everybody talks about in the league. You know, they're off to Cancun, Mexico uh, for the break. But I don't know. It's. It. I think everything here's out the window. What we've always known. This is all new, and I think even the players maybe be taking this whole concept in a different way to PK. I. I. I you know. I think the energy, the mental fatigue, is going to play a factor. I wouldn't be surprised to see one or two upsets, right, in, in round one. How the Lakers fare, you know, after Damian Lillard, you know, did his thing with McCollum in in Game One. I mean, that's a that's going to be interesting, and uh, obviously the Bucks got a taste too uh, in Round One. So you got to be prepared, I think, mentally, you know, every night, and that's where you may find a team weaken and another team take advantage of that.
2: Surprised at all at Donovan Mitchell because it seems like man, he's really stepped it up,
1: man. I, you know, I know he's good. We all know he is. But what he's doing is really fascinating in the sense of confidence, attack, finishing, picking his time. PK also getting, you know, the big every, every everyone I talk to in the national media I always said, "Well, yeah, you know, he's a he's a fine young player, and he's a he's a great he's going to be a star." But then you get into superstar discussion, right? And that's, that discussion starts to go, well, can he get his other teammates involved? And can he, you know, hit the shot when it counts? And, you know, so far, I mean, in these playoffs, he's taken his game to that level, right? I don't think anybody would argue that. The assists are impressive. The rebounding is impressive. His ability to get to the free throw line is impressive. I mean, his choice of shots, driving, uh, pull-up jumpers and threes, impressive, um I think what we thought he would be he's becoming and I don't uh, I know this is just a taste the first round but this is a good team Denver by the way and he's actually destroyed Tory Craig who was so highly regarded as the Donovan Mitchell stopper and that has not been the case so far and Donovan's been on his own mission from my from my chair and it's been fun to watch
0: you know, the fan base always wants to see the the young guy, the next big thing. You know, how good can he get? What is the ceiling? And we've been through this storyline so many times. But you've been through the storyline more than PK and I, because you got here... I'm not exactly sure when you got here, Bowler. (laughs) (laughs) a long time ago. (laughs) Well, we got here in the early 90s, 92 and 93. But I know you were here for stuff in the 80s, and so not so much from the basketball because the rules have changed. The guys play different positions and all that stuff. But, but, I mean, from the perspective of just kind of that that breathtaking career arc, like can he get better? Can he get better than this? How much better can he still get? How many players have done this because I think – He's blowing past what Boozer and uh, D. Will and you know there was a time when Karolinka was the hyped guy and but if you go back to like Stockton and Malone was the fan base as big did it have the same impact? I well, mean it's just like you, you can't believe he's going to get better again and he does.
1: Yeah. I think Carl Malone would fit that category. And so because he, was, he wasn't he was as big, you know, he built his body. And so everybody every summer was always like, I don't know what Carl's going to come back like. But he always proved he could improve. He was powerful. Then he took his jump shot outside and he, he improved at the free throw line. And he is, and now he's the second, time, second all-time leading scorer in the, NBA, in the NBA behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Stockton was another guy intriguing because I got here in 85 when Carl did, Stockton was already here. But, you know, Sloan didn't play Stockton, and that's what everybody – and Ricky Green had a lot of uh, fanfare to his game. Fastest of of them all is Hot Rod labeled him. And uh, it took Stockton three years to really get into the starting uh, role with the Jazz, and then he just took off. And I think a lot of people doubted him for a while, that could he stand up to the rigors of the NBA. Was he strong enough, tough enough? Well, we know the answer to that. Uh, I think D. Will was another guy, as you mentioned, that people thought because they bypassed Chris Paul, remember, to get a bigger, stronger, physical guard in Darren Williams. Uh, but that didn't work out. But yet he still had his best years, don't forget, with the Utah Jazz. Injuries, started. the ankles started to go about the time he left, and his best years were played with the Jazz. But he was, a, I thought, a talented guard, man. Um, he could do a lot of things with the basketball, and he was strong and a driver, and he could finish as well. But, no, I don't. I think Donovan's by himself in, in this category. Maybe Malone-esque in a lot of ways, but we're watching his body grow, his confidence grow, and uh, he's only 23, and he's still doing some marvelous things. It's tough, though. Can he handle the mental challenge, PK and DJ, of uh, being compared to, let's say, D. Wade? Everybody says in that third year, this is where you make your big jump and if you're going to be a superstar in this league, year three is where you begin the process. And you know what? Playoffs is also where great players begin to shine and make their name. And so far, that's what I'm looking at right now.
2: How personal you think it is for Rudy because he knows Jokic is all that?
1: He won't talk about it, as you know, PK. But, man, he, it's a personal thing. There's no doubt. They both have been compared together. Uh, One is an offensive and passing threat, obviously can rebound, too. Jokic is a second-round pick. Rudy, a late first-rounder. Yeah, I I really do. Rudy refuses to talk about the personal side of it with Jokic, but I think they both look at it that way. Both have tried to establish themselves in this league, which they have. Uh, They look at Jokic as one of the top three offensive centers, right? Gobert is trying to gain that respect. We know what he can do defensively, but Rudy still wants to try to be known more than just a shot blocker, a rim protector. And I think, you know, this is an opportunity for him to go up against a guy that really does challenge him. And the same for Jokic. Uh, Rudy challenges him. So, uh, again, I think uh, this was a marquee matchup, and so far it's been pretty entertaining.
0: Well, Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. We'll see what twists and turns this series takes, or if it's just straight to the finish line in 4-1. Who knows?
1: I, I think it's twists and turns. I really do. And now you got another story with Conley's return and the grand re-entrance of him coming into the bubble after leaving to, to celebrate the, the birth of his son, Elijah. So I think the twists and turns will continue throughout. I'd be stunned if they don't, and I'm looking forward to Game 3.
0: Thanks for the time, Bowler. We appreciate it.
1: See you, too. Thanks.